Hey, thanks so much for checking out this episode of Golf Strategy School. Now, I know you're listening because you want to learn how to play better golf. But if you want to see how you compare to other golfers your age, you need to check out parforsuccess.com slash Griffin. That is par, the number four, success.com slash Griffin, G-R-I-F-F-I-N. And what it will do is it will actually give you a free assessment where you can see exactly how you measure up against other people your age. And you can see where you're excelling, where you need to focus your time on. And this is an assessment, honestly, that you can take once a month just to see how you're progressing throughout your golf journey. So again, check out parforsuccess.com slash Griffin to see how you measure up against other golfers your age. What's up, everybody? My name is Marty Griffin, and you are listening to the Golf Strategy School podcast. This is the only podcast designed to help newer golfers, golfers who are still have high handicaps for really whatever reason, but helping people get over those milestone scores of breaking 90 and breaking 100. I want to help you play more consistent, confident golf. That's really what it comes down to. So this podcast is brought to you by Super Speed Golf. If you want to hit the ball farther, let's be honest, who doesn't? You can go to golfstrategyschool.com slash superspeed and check out my interview with Mike and Kyle, the creators of Superspeed Golf. Or you can use my new promo code, GOLFPODCAST, all one word, and get 10% off your entire order at superspeedgolf.com. Today's episode is a bit of a Shakespearean inquiry. To hover or not to hover? Let's talk about it. Do you love to play golf? Do you wish you could be a more consistent and confident player? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Golf Strategy School podcast, where we discuss specific practice strategies used by some of the best golf instructors from around the world. Here's your host, Marty Griffin. All right, so this one's kind of interesting, and this is kind of born of... A bunch of my own experiences as a newer golfer, something that I always, always struggled with. And I would just get really frustrated and I'd be, you know, smacking the ground with the club after this stuff would happen. You can probably guess if I'm asking to hover or not to hover. We're talking about whether or not the club should be off of the ground when you take your swing. So really what it comes down to for me is the fact that when I would be, I, and I grew up at a course that had very, very thick rough, not because it was some championship level course. It was a municipal course and they just didn't mow their rough that often because it helped keep costs down. So it was very common to hit a ball that went just off the fairway and lose it in the rough. It was so darn tall because of that. I would be over a shot with like anything more than a, seven iron and I would go to take that club back. And it seemed like half the time, if the club was resting on the ground, it would get stuck in the grass and I wouldn't be able to get through. And you know, the club head would stick and my hands would move back. And now I've got this weird flippy motion to start the swing. And it just created all sorts of crap, all sorts of garbage problems. So some of the questions that I've gotten from my group, from my email list, when I kind of talked to them about this, one of the big things that came up first was exactly that, getting stuck. Now, I like to hover the club, especially in the rough, 
and I don't mean hover it above the golf ball, like so it's completely an inch or two above the golf ball. I just mean to get it just a little bit off the ground so you don't get stuck. The reason I like doing that is, A, again, so you don't get stuck, but also, B, because it really allows you to do a one-piece takeaway and get that going in a much smoother, much more natural flow into your backswing. This is something that, again, from the rough is a huge, huge game changer for a lot of people. Now, I mentioned that I had struggles from the rough with essentially six iron and above, six iron, five iron, four iron, all that stuff. This is a great, great place to use it. However, if you're down around the greens and you've got a wedge and you're putting on the full swing, I think it's a really good, I mean, even if you're not putting on the full swing, I think it's a really nice idea to hover, especially when you're dealing with rough, because it allows you just to kind of get everything going on the right step. I think sometimes it does cause the swing to be slightly steeper. So it's something to be aware of, something to be careful of. But down around the greens, if the rough is really nasty and we're using a wedge, that's probably okay. So it's one of those things where the bad part of a swing might actually help us in this one little tiny circumstance. By no means am I saying swing like an axe, come way down over the top. No, 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 no. But by hovering that club, especially with like a sand wedge or a gap wedge, you might be able to get a little bit more, just a little bit more steep without having to think that thought of, Ooh, come down on it. It's thick grass. Just by hovering the club, your brain just kind of naturally tends to dive a little bit more and it helps you really dig that out of the junk. So that's one of the reasons that I really, really like it. The other reason, and this only came up in one comment from an emailer, but Jim, kudos to you because this is an absolutely valid thought and I'm really, really glad you mentioned it because honestly, I probably would not have remembered it if you didn't respond. So thank you, Jim. But kind of about the the grip pressure in these situations. When we have the club on the ground and we're trying to take the club away, yes, we might get stuck. But let's kind of talk that out as we go down the line. If you get stuck, what happens? Well, if the club head gets stuck, your hands start moving backwards away from the target and the club head doesn't move. Now, all of a sudden, you've got to make a reactive counter movement. Every action has an equal and opposite reaction. You have to make this kind of jerky counter movement, and it's almost always with your wrists and your hands. So what that does is it creates, if you were to look at your grip pressure like a seismograph, your grip pressure is going to be the strongest at the very top of your swing and the very bottom of your swing. It's going to be more so at the bottom of your swing than it will be at the top, or at least it should. But if your club gets stuck, you're going to see another artificial spike on that seismograph. Or, you know, if you think of it like a lie detector test, you're going to see a spike in that grip pressure. So in in an effort to keep it more consistent, more controllable, and kind of back to my, my tried and true less variables equal more consistency. If we can remove that 
brief increase in grip pressure, it's something that can really, really help us get the consistency that we're looking for out of the swing. And when we talk about kind of consistency as a whole, you have to realize that a golf swing is, it's almost an infinitely long series of dominoes that have to fall in order. The less dominoes we have to push over, the easier it is to get them to fall over. Yeah, we got to move them a little closer together, so domino one hits domino two. But if we have a 10-domino chain, it's going to be a lot easier to set that up and knock it over on a consistent basis than if we have a 100-domino chain. And any time we involve our fast twitch muscles, our quick reactive muscles, i.e. our hands and our wrists, and to a certain extent our arms, we are asking, we're begging, we're just inserting all these extra dominoes into our chain, making it harder to repeatedly set up and knock down when we need it. So I like to hover the club, in case you didn't notice. (laughs) So the reasons I do it, again, mainly so I don't get stuck coming back. Now, I've gotten much better at this as I played. It's not something that I really run into. A lot of times it's because I'm not using longer clubs out of the rough because I just don't want to screw with the potential bad shot that could come of it. But really, it's just a process that I've gotten used to. I hover the club extremely, extremely close to the ground just to get it a little bit of clearance so I don't get hung up coming back. I don't feel any artificial increases in my grip pressure, and I'm able to take that through my swing in a much more consistent, repeatable basis. Now, the way to figure out whether or not this works for you is to try it. I know it's kind of a stupid answer, but what I mean is to put yourself through testing protocols. You've heard me say this a bajillion times on the podcast. By the way, I should have let off with this. We crossed 300,000 downloads. How freaking cool is that? All right. Just side note there. Woohoo. 300,000 downloads. Thank you. But with, you know, with these practices that I've talked about over all these different episodes, we always want to put ourselves into kind of a testing environment to see whether what we're doing helps or hinders. So a testing environment would be to take 10 different clubs and try this hovering. You can try it at the range. Maybe you take 10 different targets with the same club. But the idea is that we need to have a pass fail type of situation. Anything. And the reason I say 10 is easy math. Anything under 30% is a failure. It's not a good idea for you. Anything over 80%. I would highly speculate that your criteria either wasn't difficult enough. It wasn't an accurate measurement. So if you have a wedge and your criteria is hit the fairway, sorry, that's not really an accurate test. Uh, That's like saying, Hey, here, take this golf ball. And I just want you to successfully roll it down this bobsled course. And if it reaches the bottom, Hey, you win. 
Well, that's not hard. You just push it and gravity does all the work. That's not an accurate test of your golf ball rolling abilities. But in this circumstance, we need to make sure that we're, we're giving ourselves like a legitimate testing criteria. So you can do that by looking at your current success rates and saying, hey, you know what? With a wedge, I try to hit a target that is 25 yards wide and I have a 50% success rate. I am going to pick 10 different targets that are 25 yards wide and I'm going to try and hit those. If I do more than 50%, hey, you know what? Hovering helped. If I do less than 50%, you know what? Maybe it's not for me. So it's just a really easy way to test what you're doing. So it just a real short, quick episode for you. I think it's something that you can implement immediately into your golf game. And it's something that might kind of shake up what you've been used to. If you're kind of falling into the same rut routine, it might be something that kind of breaks you out of a funk where if you have something going wrong the same way all the time, this might be something that actually helps you get through it. So to hover or not to hover for me, I say yes. For you, it might not be the thing, but it's just an interesting conversation for you to have with yourself. So I hope you really enjoyed this. I hope it's something that you do put into action in terms of at least testing it against your game. And until next time, I will catch everybody in the short grass. Cheers. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Golf Strategy School. As always, if you want to keep it in the short grass, all you got to do is put those lessons into effect. And if you want to see exactly how you fare in terms of your physical performance to other golfers your age, head over to par4success.com slash Griffin, and you'll be able to see exactly where you line up and match up with other golfers your age based off of this free performance assessment that Chris and his team has put together. Again, that's parforsuccess.com slash Griffin to see exactly how well you line up against all their golfers your age. And I'll just drop a link to it in the show notes.